0: Uh, this, if, if this is your first Sunday here, surprise, uh, it's our birthday today. We've, we made it to one year old. Uh, oh my goodness. So thank you to, to those of you who've been with us ever since the very first preview service uh, over across the lake that Easter morning. Uh, or those of you who came you know several months ago once we started weekly services, Or like I said, those of you who just came for the first time this morning, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Also, uh, uh, thank you, uh, Liz, Deacon Liz, for coming from Church of the Redeemer to celebrate with us. And then also all the other friends and family who came to participate uh, in this wonderful occasion. Uh, Today in the church calendar is All Saints Day. And it can't, I, I can't think of any other better way to celebrate all saints than with so many friends and family gathering us here today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm uh, getting choked up and I haven't even started preaching yet. Um, <laughs> great. Let's, I'm going to pray. How about that? How's that sound? <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ, oh, it is so good to come here into your sanctuary and lift up your holy name. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts this morning, that we might hear from you. It's in your name and for your glory we pray. Amen. So I realize in in Christian circles, uh, Halloween is a a bit of a a tricky thing. Uh, Some of us celebrate it. Some of us turn off all the lights and hope that no one comes around. And that's that's fine. I'm not bringing up Halloween today so that we can have a a lovely debate on this All Saints Day about that. Uh, I had the role this year of handing out candy... And it was a really fun thing. Uh, It was really fun to see all these kids come uh, to my door, dressed in all the various costumes. I don't know if it was so fun for them, because I would make them tell me about their costumes before I actually gave them candy. And little kids really don't like that. They just wanna grab the candy and run. But I held on, you know, I I was strong, and I made sure that their greedy little hands needed to wait a little bit. Because I wanted, I wanted to hear about their story. I wanted to know, you know, why did you come as a, as a fireman? Why did you come as, you know, your, your favorite sports figure or as a superhero or as a ninja or a princess or a unicorn? Uh, th- and the list goes on and on, right? Because each one of these, there's a really fun story behind it. And what's fun, too, is that some of the kids, you can just see their imaginations getting turned up all the way, right? Because they're not just putting on a change of clothes or anything like that. No, their, imu- their emotions are in full gear. Their, their imaginations are really uh, taking off. And if the kid's imagination is vivid enough, they actually think that they've become that character, right? I mean, just, just imagine any four-year-old wearing, well, the, the Dash costume, right? <laughs> so when Caden puts on the Dash costume, he is Dash, and no one wants to uh, argue with that, right? Well, this sort of thing is pretty prevalent among adults as well. We do this quite often. You know, we have these comic book conventions, right? And some of you might go to things like Dragon Con or whatever, where you go dressed up as your, as your favorite character. You know, some of you are like, don't call on me. I don't, I don't do that. But maybe for a movie release, you know, when Star Wars comes out, you go dressed as a Jedi or something like this. But we do it in other ways, too. You know, maybe when you go to the big game, you put on the jersey of, where's Stephanie? Stephanie's wearing a jersey right now. Yeah, I'm going to call on you. <laughs> but you put on the jersey of your favorite you know, player when you go. And then in describing the game, you use we language, right? You know, it's like you're telling the stories as if you were really there or as if you were one of the players. You immerse yourself in the story of victory or of defeat, right? You see, we children and adults love being immersed into a good story and just to be clear I'm not saying this is a bad thing we we Christians especially should be the most imaginative people there are but I would I wanna suggest that maybe beneath the simple fun of it there's actually something else that's going on in our minds in our imaginations even in our souls You see, what if beneath the the costume or the jersey or something like that, we're actually acting out what we truly desire and want in this life? What if we want a timeless sense of victory and strength? What if we want to a reign of peace in our neighborhood and in our natural world? You know, what if telling stories isn't just about telling a good adventure? But ultimately, we want to witness the defeat of evil and death itself. And we want to see the thriving of life and goodness wherever we go. Isn't that what we're imagining whenever we we celebrate these stories? Or when we encourage our kids to dress up? We want them to understand the battle between goodness and evil. Well, C.S. Lewis, that quintessential Anglican who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, you know, what what a great example of fuel for the imagination, right? Who also wrote Mere Christianity. He said this, he talked about Christianity as indeed being a beautiful, mythical story. But the difference between Christianity and all these other fantastic stories is that this one is actually true. This one is actually true. And each week we gather in this gymnasium. Sometimes it smells like those mats. Be thankful that you're here on a chilly day. It's it's a little more <laughs> sacred smelling today, maybe. But each, each week we come here and we gather in this room proclaiming the sacred truths, the holy mysteries, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. You see, we come here and we celebrate the victories of our Lord Jesus Christ. His victories over the spirits of division, over isolation, materialism, so on and so forth. You see the stories that our culture tells, as fun as and exciting as those are, they have nothing on the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says this in his letter to the Colossians. For in him, that is in Christ, all the fullness of good, or all the fullness of God, all truth, beauty, and goodness, all of God's fullness, was pleased to dwell in. And through him, that is through Christ, to reconcile all things to himself, whether on earth or on heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. You see, that is the mission of God. That is the great story that Christ is telling us through this, his holy word. And this is the exciting piece. He invites us to join with him into that ministry of reconciliation. Christ partners with us. Church, that is why you and I are called the body of Christ. That is why he gives us good gifts so that we can be partners and co-laborers in that ministry of reconciliation. So you think that beating your buddies, you know, in a a battle of Fortnite is kind of cool, kind of fun? Well, how about walking alongside a brother for months and months? in order to defeat the demons of of pornography or of of alcoholism? You know, therefore, experiencing this transformation of of your life and his life and the, the way in which you view those around you. Or does it completely make you weak when your team wins the Super Bowl? Well, imagine what it's like to invest your time to pray with friends whose relationship is on the rocks, only to see them emerge much more stronger than before. Or maybe you love binge-watching through the latest season of Stranger Things, right? I'm guilty of that one. Well, what about opening up your home to those who are on the fringes of society, some of those stranger people in our society, and gathering them around your table and hearing their stories of, of loss, their stories of gain, the stories of grace that they have? See, friends, this is part of that ministry of reconciliation that we are invited to. And these things that I'm talking about, I'm not making these things up. Those are actually things that people here in this room are doing for each other, for their neighbors. This is the ministry of Restoration Anglican Church, right? This is what we are doing. This is the purpose of the church. You see, we don't come here into this room just to to tell some ancient stories from an ancient book. We don't come in here just to have these warm, fuzzy, spiritual feelings to kind of send us out for the rest of the week. No, our lives are becoming new chapters in the story of God's work. Each one of our lives. And friends, baptism is the first page of this beautiful journey. Baptism is that great moment in which this hand from heaven reaches down and grabs his own. Sometimes grabbing an individual, sometimes grabbing an entire household, which is what we see throughout the New Testament. You see, baptism is the, is the, bear with me, this is the restoryization of our lives. I just made that word up. Don't look it up, please. I think it's kind of cool, restoryization, right? But that's what the Lord is doing. He's rewriting our journeys. He's taking us from one story leading down to, to darkness and death, and He completely rewrites it so that we are set on the path of life and of light, of grace and peace and purpose. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that once someone is baptized, they're forever saved. It's not like you get baptized and that's your free ticket to heaven. And I think that, uh, you know, regardless of what tradition we're coming from, we've seen baptism be abused in that sort of way. But no, what what we are saying here is that those who are being baptized are receiving a huge inheritance of faith. They're receiving that from the church, from their parents. And they're being grafted into the household of God both locally here at Restoration, but also they're being grafted into God's wider kingdom, into his holy people of God. And let's be clear. Christ saved us, as Paul says in his letter to Titus, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Well, friends, in just a few moments we're gonna be saying some pretty weighty words together. Maybe you flipped ahead in your, in your bulletin this morning and looked at some of that. There's some heavy stuff in here. And this liturgy that we're gonna be saying, this isn't stuff that Pastor Rick just kinda made up when I was sitting in the coffee shop one day. A lot of these words, these aren't even things that some of our Anglican leaders have written or anything like that. Some of these words date back to even the third and fourth century when Christians would come together and be baptized, where they would renounce Satan, and they would make proclamations of faith. So what better way, again, to celebrate All Saints Day than by celebrating holy baptism, right? Parents, you will renounce the powers of the devil, and you will pronounce faith. And one of my favorite parts of this liturgy is when the congregation is asked this question. Will you who will witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? And it's these two words. We all reply back with this hearty, we will. Don't whisper that when we say it later, please. Those are meant to be loud and hearty. We're joining with with all the company of heaven when we say welcome, welcome into the kingdom. Welcome into the family. We are the body of Christ. And we are going to be bringing those people into the body of Christ as well. And we will be welcoming you into that ministry of reconciliation. In the name of Christ and for his glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.